0: Welcome to Universally Speaking, the Red Hot Chili Peppers podcast. My name is Ben Townsend from bentownsendmusic.net and I'm joined as always by Sam Townsend from samtownsendmusic.nu. And we are also joined from the other side of the world by a young, wonderful young man by the name of Mr. Hamish Duncan. Hello, Hamish.
1: Hello. Hi. Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: Oh, it's a pleasure. Oh, you're more than welcome. Second time that Hamish has appeared on the show. First time was in conversation with Hamish
2: Duncan, Mm. and that was... I'll tell you when that was, Ben. Go on, then. Formed part of my research. It was episode 51, which went out on the 7th of March, Mm. 2021. When you
0: say it formed part of your research, do you mean that I just looked it up and you just wrote it down 10 minutes ago? Yes. Yeah, that's what I thought you meant. (laughs) Uh, And at that point, we were talking about rhcpsessions.com, which is um, obviously Hamish's... Hamish has this exhaustive, exhaustive website about all things Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yes, and uh, that was 80, about eighteen months ago, but um, nearly two years ago. Nearly two years ago. But we have Hamish back on the mm. podcast to talk about something even more exciting than mm. RHCPsessions.com. and we will come back to that. Uh, Hamish, first of all, of course, we need to solve this riddle about what country Sam is.
2: Where have I been? Where I haven't seen
0: you for a week. Where's he set up a domain? Um, Sam, what was it? Again, I've .nu.
2: .nu. You it? I kind forgotten. N U. N U. Let's put it. Let's put it straight across to Hamish. Hamish, have you got uh,
1: any ideas? Um, no, I'm blanking. I'm blanking. Is it one of those tricky ones where it isn't actually the the uh, N- the name of the country doesn't start with N or U? It's
2: no, it does start with N and it does contain a U. Really? Oh, Nicaragua.
0: Hmm.
2: Nicaragua. No. Well, that's the
0: best I've got. I'm going to throw to Simon uh, Longhorn, despite the fact we said he wasn't allowed to talk. It is
2: slightly more tricky than some of the (laughs) other ones I've done.
0: Okay, well, we're joined also off-mic by Mr Simon Longhorn, a.k.a. Cali, a.k.a. Californication, there's that cuckoo. Simon, do you know what N-U is? I can't think. No. Okay, no, nothing. Three very intelligent
2: lads here, but we can't do it, and Sam's very happy. It is, indeed, my new website, which is in Nehru. What?
0: Mm. Hmm. Nehru? Uh, yes. Yeah. Oh, all right, but I've never heard of Nehru. That's not my problem. It's a little island. Uh, yeah, uh, it's funny.
2: very little.
0: All right, well, I've done one. Have you, though? Yeah, no, but if I had, I would have done www. whatever it is. Yeah. I-O-W. Isle of Wight. Yeah, exactly. If we are going to talk islands. Well, interesting that we're J, talking about the J-Z. Isle of Wight.
2: Um, Hamish, an Australian. Yes. I can't remember where it was. You're, you're, you're yeah. Sydney-based, aren't you? Yes, I am, um, yeah, yeah. When we, myself and my wife, were in Melbourne, we, went, we visited an island where all of the places on the island, I think I've said this before, are named after places on the Isle of Wight, which is completely weird, because the Isle of Wight is a very small island off the coast of the south of England. Right. Anyway, let's get, Let, let's get to... to the,
0: let's get to the meat of the matter. As we say, we are here talking to Hamish Duncan. Website owner extraordinaire but now has added a new string to his bow, if you will, Sam
1: mm.
0: Well if, I will. if you will, Hamish
1: What is your new string? What the new string uh, is uh, a book I've written called uh, Out in LA, the Red Hot Chili Peppers in 1983 um, and it is out uh, at time of recording in about nine days uh, worldwide Um. Through the lovely Chicago Review Press, uh, and what it is uh, is just how the band started and how they stayed together in that first year together, um, and all of the, all I went into as much detail detail as I could for you know every every gig they played that year, which was about I think thirty. Um, I've got a copy of the book here; I can actually look into it. Um, about uh, thirty gigs uh, worth of. Details. Um, well, here's the, the jacket. Oh, it's a Beautiful looking jacket thing. off. The book itself. Yep. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so about 30 gigs and lots of minutiae, is, as is my, uh, you know, what I'm into uh, when it comes to <laughs> researching this band. And uh, just yeah, it, you know, the, the, how they started and why they're still going is is the short version of the of the book. So you know, if you've ever wanted to to spend some deep, deep uh, you know moments with uh, with uh, some excruciating detail, then uh, this is the book for you. But it it also contains facts about the chili peppers. Yes,
2: it is an incredible book, and as you say, the detail, the level of detail, is unbelievable. And we'll get into a little bit about that hopefully, and how you managed to achieve it. Well, uh, Sam uh, Anne Hamish, mm. I must
0: say this. Masterpiece is not a word to be used lightly. <laughs> However, I think for Red Hot Chili Peppers fans, and it is absolutely applicable to this book out in L.A., yeah. Red Hot Chili Peppers, 1983. But I think that it applies to not just Red Hot Chili Peppers fans, but music fans in general. Because what this shows you is, well, part, part of what it shows you is, be in the right place at the right time,
2: mm.
0: hustle, Work hard, seize the opportunity, and you can you can get up there and eventually become the biggest band in the world or one of the biggest bands in the world. It's mm. it's an incredible story, and this first year is the the bedrock that that paves the way for everything yeah. else to come.
2: Well, absolutely, I don't. Think- yeah, yeah.
1: Without this first year, there's there's there's, no, there's nothing else. You know, it, which sounds kind of silly to say, but really, it's the within the first year is the the, uh, the the DNA of, of the band, which yeah. it's essentially Flea and Anthony uh, driving the show, and you know, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Not only does this give us what you've just described—a fantastically detailed account of that first year—but it also contains perhaps one of the biggest scoops that the uh, the music industry has ever. <laughs> ever, wow. ever heard.
2: <laughs> so you, you're going
0: for it. <laughs> masterpiece and biggest scoop ever, ever, ever. Like I'm saying, not only is this book a masterpiece, but yeah. it contains one of the biggest scoops the world's ever seen. I agree. I can, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you. We, I think we'll get to that, because I think there's a, there's a, there's a conversation to be had around how the book started, yes. what order it happened in, where, this, this little fant- fascinating nugget, this, you know, this, this game-changing little bit of information that you uncovered and how that, how, that, um, mm. how that plays into how people might start to re- see the band. And certainly, we've spent the past three, three and a half years saying the Red Hot Chili Peppers were a band formed in 1983 every time i tell you to do golden content. We ha- well, yes. Um,
2: I mean, accuracy has <laughs> never been our strong point. No, God
0: knows. God, <laughs> God knows we play fast and loose. We do. we do.
2: We do. But interestingly, we've just said, Hamish, last time we spoke nearly two years ago, this book... Hmm. was this book in the pipeline or, it was, it was. or since then and how did you come to sort of develop the idea of writing it
1: um it, it wasn't the pipeline uh, it, it existed in a uh just a, a, a word doc on my computer at that point i think i did i, I kind of hinted at it uh in a few different places but i didn't want to you know talk too much about it before it was a thing um but uh, uh the way it Started, I suppose, was just a just an interest in in that uh, era of the band that you know gets overlooked. People forget that it wasn't, um, you know, they didn't they didn't start when John joined, basically. You know, it isn't they, they didn't you know just uh, emerge in 1991. There was a, a whole history that uh, existed beforehand, um, and that those initial first few gigs just always interested me, and I always wanted to know what you know as, as much as I could about those early days and uh, decided just to, to kind of put something together. I, I looked through my my uh, Facebook messages recently when all this, you know, when when the book was finished um, and I, I pinpointed the, the moment that I decided to turn it into a book, whatever, whatever form it took. And that was um, September, 2018. Okay. So it's, it's been, what is that? Four and a half years almost. Um, just, yeah, just, toiling away and thinking too hard about, you know, various, uh, what seemed like quite mundane things. Uh, and just kind of out of a, of a fluke, if we, if we spoke in March of 2021, then that means a couple of week, uh, a couple of months later, I submitted it to, uh, a list of publishers and this sounds like a, you know, a brag, but the first, first one I submitted it to asked for the full copy and then signed a deal with them. Um, so now it's, a, well, I think I got lucky, but, uh, now it's, yeah, you know, I've, I've got an Amazon page and, and yeah. it's up on iBooks and things like that's kind of incredible. I, I was just going to post it on the website for free. Uh, so it's, it's quite a, you know, a different, a different experience than what I was expecting and, you know, professional copy editors and, uh, having to sign contracts and, uh, turns out you have to ask permission if you quote someone in a book i had no idea you know (laughs) they emailed me i was allowed to say what they said which is yeah that was news to me but it was good yeah and now there's a pile of them
2: yeah in my my office so so (laughs) over four years on when you when you finished it and did it feel like a relief or was it a sort of sad moment now that you had you know that was done and you didn't have that sort of process to, to to carry on with
1: it. Uh, I've noticed I'm I'm a bit aimless without something to do. It's, um, it turns out when you've had that kind of thing bubbling away for four years, yeah. once it stops, you kind of you, know, you need you need a uh, an outlet. So I've had to you know think of ways ways to deal with that. But yeah, it was it was quite momentous, and uh, and then there was a few rounds of copy editing and drafts, and sending it back and forth to the editor. When it was finally signed off, it was yeah. It, kind of incredible
0: I like the process I want to hear about because you talked about the process a little bit there so had you finished had you completed the book before you submitted it or were you what what was that what did you submit to publishers first of all was it the first chapter
1: yeah I mean the the standard practice is you send them the first like you know 10 20 30 pages and and then a kind of synopsis when when they're when it's a you know non-fiction book you just you kind of you tell them what what's in there in a, in a fiction book you send them the whole synopsis and everything um but they i sent them the first 20 odd pages and then they asked for the whole thing and uh yeah then then signed a deal so the book was finished before i
0: yeah i'm interested in that as well because with this book actually the sam and myself were talking earlier we we uh we should say we were lucky enough to be given an uh, an advanced copy so that we could read it and submit a what was called a byline or something? I don't know what it's called.
1: A blurb, yeah. Hey, hey,
0: hey! We
2: haven't seen there. this yet. Oh, wow! No, we haven't seen it. Uh, oh, we are right the,
1: there. When you know, that's, when you're on the uh, when people pick it up, they'll be reading your name. Absolutely.
2: <laughs> wow. Uh, and we should thank you for the, the opportunity to a read the book and, and b contribute in a you know a small way. Oh, my my, my pleasure.
0: Talking to Sam because if you're submitting the first twenty pages or so. Actually, the first twenty pages or so of this book, or twenty pages is not actually the the meat of of the matter and the format that the rest of the book follows uh, what sam yeah, what yeah, Sam yeah. said to me uh, earlier on was that he'd had a you know uh, he'd had a, a, another look through the book and got goosebumps reading that slain castle introduction
2: it 's true. true it 's <laughs> true' it's, an, it's a, a, I just think it 's a, a genius way to bring people in i mean i think i think it's fair to say this book is aimed at people who already have a fairly keen interest in in the chilli peppers that's not to say that it won't appeal to people who haven't because there's a lot to a, an awful lot to learn but you know taking such a momentous show as slain and uh, and writing about it and leading up to the start of the book in that way particularly the sort of latter stages of the prologue just it just yeah it gave me goosebumps it made me excited to you know then go on to read the rest of the book so i, I just thought it's an
1: excellent way to start the book ah oh, thank you it, it's um yeah i'm not sure where where i got the idea It was it's a pretty good one i gotta, I gotta admit yeah um but the, i think i realized that the that, that run of shows in 2003 was you know exactly 20 years after uh what i you know 1983 so i figured it was a good way to to kind of look back and I guess you can even do it for twenty thirteen because they had quite a busy. Oh no, did they have a busy year? I guess they didn't, did they? Um, but yeah, yeah, it was yeah, it was amazing to think that that there is such a big difference between the band leaving, you know, Sling Castle or any show that that year really, where they're you know thousands and thousands of adoring, you know, usually uh, you know quite often fans that weren't even born when they started the band, c- compare them to the the first year. It's just um, they the they're, they're two different bands, really.
2: Yeah,
1: and they, they, what they really share is Flea and Anthony. So then I realise that the, the the book is actually it's actually about them, and it's about Jack and Hillel as well. But uh, you know, the, the the two driving forces are, are Flea and Anthony. So yeah. Sl- Slane Castle is now the midway point.
2: Well, and, and that's mm-hmm. another incredible fact. That, that know, makes
0: me feel even older than I actually am.
2: Twenty years on you know they're still going as strong as strongly as ever and in fact uh you must be getting very excited at the prospect of seeing them
1: soon yeah i've got uh, they've the, the tickets got mailed to me oh no so you can actually get proper tickets
2: yeah. oh dear you can choose yeah, you can choose well, I, can't you to have proper tickets or e-tickets
1: yeah there was a surprise when they showed up because i didn't realize i had actually picked that option um but i'm going to both sydney shows and um yeah we said you would i uh, got tickets for like, you know <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's exciting, and actually, it's kind of hard to believe. It's, it's you know under a month. It doesn't feel doesn't feel real. Just uh, just quick question
0: I mean, on the on the uh, inlay on the jacket yeah. of the book. Is there a photo of you?
1: Yeah, there is. Yeah, all yeah. right,
0: well, get ready to be mobbed when you go to the gigs. Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, well, we'll see. I mean, uh, I'm not really expecting it, but but we'll see. Yeah, will be. That, it'll be. All, I think it's uh, Hamish Duncan.
2: Uh, Look, we, we'll, we'll we'll come, we'll come, and we'll mob you.
1: <laughs> Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. We'll, we'll have to do a
2: third episode in person. <laughs> yes. Although we do
0: have no, to say, I'm when. i terribly
2: afraid of flying. Yeah,
0: so. When we went to two gigs in uh, in England last year, we were not mobbed by anyone.
2: We were mobbed by one man. It wasn't really a mobbing. He, he approached oh, us. Oh, he, he, he ran up to in us, us in a, a very hands. civil manner, <laughs> shook us by the hand, and uh, we posed for a photograph. Yeah. That's right. Yeah.
1: Nice. Oh, cool. Did you had a meetup, didn't you? Oh, I yeah. Sort of oh, the that.
0: meetup. Yeah, we were mobbed at the meetup. No, but that was, that, was, that, that was the <laughs> highlight of the podcast so far, I think, that, that meetup. So. It was.
2: Yeah, apart from Hamish's first appearance mm. and now this.
0: Well, obviously, Hamish's first appearance is number one. Yeah. <laughs> this is nu- now number two, and the meetup <laughs> has been relegated to three. Yes. Yeah. Sorry to anyone who came for the meetup. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah the, the next meetup, the meetup will be obviously back yeah. up to number one. And obviously, if I speak to anyone about the meetup that was at the meetup, I, I will say that, yeah, that was not. It's very complicated. complicated. Yeah, it's very complicated. So no I'm following it Yeah, so actually I do still need to know what was it that you actually submitted? Was it that prologue or was it more uh, oh, was it was it uh, was it more of the body of the book? The first gig maybe?
1: It it uh, it, it was the prologue and uh, I think a bunch of the um the the second prologue, I don't know what to call it. The, the first chapter which um I was wondering if you had noticed the the sneaky uh, oh yeah, for yeah, we did. Just, yeah. So let, me, let me see In if the, I've um, written
2: it down on my little bit of paper here. Uh, Before the uh, beginning, no. yes, I have. Excellent work. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, okay. obviously that made me want to
1: read for, more. Oh, good, good, good. I kept waiting for that to be uh, picked up by the the editors and asking, like, what, what, what? It's kind of a weird thing to to call the chapter, isn't it? But it's actually, you know, it's a wink, wink, nudge, nudge. It certainly um, is, and I, I think it makes uh, good but, sense. Yeah, I would have submitted. I suppose it is before the beginning, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I, I submitted probably half of that as well. Um, but I think it was a much shorter book at that point. It was it was only you know a good ten thousand words less. So I got the idea to send it to this this publishing company uh, because they put out a book about uh, George Harrison and Eric Clapton doing uh, all things must pass and, and Layla. Uh, and I figured, um, you know, if if they liked that book, they might like this book. And I, yeah, because I got lucky
0: same editor yeah i'd like to ask you said earlier on that there was a point when you realized that it was turning into a book or you could make it into a book what was the project beforehand then was hmm. it just was it was it gathering together that the uh, you know the factual the evidence of what had happened for yeah. for the website or
1: yeah yeah for what, what, not not my website but probably the you know the the, uh, the live archives hmm. website which i um, am... You know, I have very little to do with, but I'm an admin on, so I, I can I make changes if I come up with anything. So it was probably just going to be, hey, we we finally figured out the actual first day of the you know the first show, or, or just anything like that. And then I realized, um, you know, I've, f- for something that wasn't going to be a book, I'm, I'm sure I'm writing a whole lot, and that just kind of it, it, it became uh, um it made, made more sense to, to to turn into a book, and I, I I think the last time I was on the show I mentioned that I that all I do is rip off the Beatles. Um, basically, what I was trying to do is rip off another thing that the Beatles do, where someone has done for the Beatles, where they've got a, a you know a sessionography or a, a a gigography, you know, session, show by show over the years.
2: Okay, so does this mean that you're setting yourself up for, to continue? Cont- continue this show-by-show show research for oh, every show ever yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> not for every year uh, i've got uh, kind of a few ideas to maybe do um uh the the 90s as a whole so where kind of the the um i probably shouldn't be talking about this because i haven't actually started it yet but like the idea of starting in 1990 john quitting and then fast forward to 1998 john rejoining that kind of um, hey, you can bookend. Mm. No, that's a superb idea. The, the,
0: that's
2: such a good era as well. It, well, it's a, not only a great era, but there's there's a lot of turbulence in there, and a lot of uh, uh, you know research surrounding what they were doing when they weren't playing music, which was you know fairly large. Mm. Yeah, well. yeah, yeah, yeah. that no, sounds good. Sounds good. Dave Navarro falls backwards over an amp. Yeah, yeah. you're out. Dave Navarro falls backwards over an amp and <laughs> it, uh, inspires Scar Tissue. Fantastic, you thank, thank you, Dave. Well, thank you, Dave. Not just for that, but for, for um, one hot minute as a whole.
0: Yeah, what an album.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So,
0: <laughs> Sammy Boy. Yes. In your little book, what do
2: you have? Well, I think you've touched on it there. But one of the things I really wanted to, to talk about was how you went about researching, you know, individual shows, and yeah coming up with such a level of detail for for each hour I, I know that it sort of differs With some of the shows there's less information than others but yeah, um, yeah i think it's fair to say for for almost all the shows you know there's there's something interesting and how did you even well you, you, you I think so, it sounds it, like you'd already started to do it but um yeah was how did you how did you what was your approach to each show
0: how the hell how in holy hell do you pull all, all of this together and make and uh, to get it into this book <laughs>
1: yeah uh well it, it, a few different things that uh, they the, basically the majority of the the shows in the book had already been not i suppose discovered is, is the right word or had been listed somewhere else like, there's a, a great website called um the side it's the fr, which is uh uh, you know, Fre- a French-based website that's been online since, I think to like 1999 or something, or very, you know, a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And that was my, that was the beginning of me uh, realizing that there was some sort of, what I was interested in was going and comparing, you know, a show from 1999 to a show to 2000 by looking at different set lists and stuff like that. Um, and uh, so they had basically all, all of the 1983 shows uh, listed, so I, I didn't really have to do much in figuring out which uh, which ones they actually did play right. but um, in terms of uh, i mean i didn't I didn't uncover any but i I looked for them and that what that meant was going to um, newspapers dot com and they have all of the l a weekly archives and just scouring every single wow. uh, page basically um, and I did so for for the the what is this Shows as well, um, uh, you know their sister band that uh, Jack and Hillel and Flea for a short time are in. Um, but the problem is that you can't do a search for what is this because those three words are too common. So you have to actually look through every single line of the the uh, the, the, the shows on tonight section of of, of the newspaper. Um, so that got a bit tedious, but that was. That was all the you know the beginning stages, setting up like a yeah, an Excel spreadsheet and making sure that I've covered every week of the year, and look through, you know, page forty to sixty of a forty-year-old newspaper, which you might not even notice if you read the book, but that's the kind of you know background research that went into it. Um, and there was also the uh, another web uh, another newspaper called the LA Reader, which isn't online and available to to to, to search through automatically. So I had to pay, um, the university of California or something. So I've, I can't remember you, you see something, uh, a couple hundred dollars to get their microfilm scanned in and sent to me. Um, but you know, that's, it was, it was worth it in the end because I can, you can see the first time that the band are ever mentioned in print. Um, and I'll, I'll I'll put it online when the, the 40th anniversary comes. Yeah. To think, things like that. So there's lots of scouring through archives and whenever a name gets mentioned, uh, looking them up on Facebook and you know, begging them for information. And, uh, turns out when you, you are not friends with someone on Facebook and you message them, it goes into a, a junk bin basically. And you just, there's a one in five chance that they'll answer it. Uh, but yeah, you know, getting lucky and just making friends with people and, uh, you know, pleading with them for, for memories about shows that happened at that point, 38, 39, 40 years ago. Uh, when I don't even remember shows that I went to two years ago. Um, well, we famously yeah, don't remember yeah, any shows. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, every time I, I would message someone and say like, hey, hey, you said you went to this gig at, on this show, uh, on this date. Do you have any memories of that show, and et cetera? I would... I get you know frustrated when they said, oh yeah, I was there, but I, I don't remember anything. And then I try to think back to a show that I went to two years ago, and if someone had asked me what, what date was that, I'd have no idea. And trying to, I guess, yeah, I guess it's okay. You know, it's, it's, it's not their fault. <laughs> no, they weren't to know that
2: in 40 years' time someone was going to ask them to recount the, all the finer details of the show. But actually, maybe we should all, yeah, we yeah. should all arrive at shows with a notebook now. You never know, do you? You never know when...
1: Well, I did meet someone like that. Um, they mentioned in the book um, uh, when the band played in uh, a place called Al's Bar in... And I'll look at the book because I don't remember the date. It's been too long. Uh, on, on July 31st, show number 20, um, they played with uh, another band called uh, Jez Crew, who we were a, a couple of guys that just started a band um, for that show only a completely non-musical um but skip one of the the the, the members of the band he, he has written down every show he's ever been to and he has a big you know it used to be just a notebook but he's now a big excel spreadsheet so he, he can tell you the exact date and you know the every little detail of every show he's ever been to so that's if only more people were like that yeah he's the he, man. Was my favorite yeah
2: that's the other actually leading on um all of the other acts that you write about, because you do write, uh, you, obviously there are acts that um, appear more than once, but there's a lot of other musical acts w- that mm-hmm. are contained within the book. And you do go into some detail about them mm-hmm. as well. So that was a sort of side side project in terms of research, yeah, yeah. I suppose.
1: Yeah, and some of it is just, um, you know, they, they luckily will have uh, Wikipedia or Discogs uh, entries, and you can just listen to them. And, you know, if I need to describe them, I can just. Um, do that with my own ears yeah. but uh, yeah a couple of them they just they they didn't appear anywhere else other than a flyer and you had to search through you know whatever whatever i could find to just to say say one sentence about them and there was one show that they played with a band named i think electric Peace and they were called electric teeth on the flyer so they just didn't come up anywhere and until they were looking at two different flyers and i realized that it was uh, you know, discrepancy there and it's yeah very dull work but interesting in the uh, in the end
0: I like I like the idea of it's amazing that you've gone to the level of detail of actually going back to microfilm and having that scanned in it I'd like to imagine you as a kind of 1940s noir de- film noir <laughs> kind of detective. Surrounded with a, a fug of cigarette smoke, scrolling through microfilm and newspapers just to find out, like I say, yeah, one, yeah. one sentence about a band so you can put it in to give some kind of context to a band that nobody's ever heard of before. It's incredible. Yeah, yeah. It's incredible.
1: Yeah. It was, it was me hunched over a MacBook, but yeah, it's pretty, pretty close. <laughs> very, very I, I like That's, the, 90s, the, the
0: 1940s off. film noir detective version more. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it was it was good. It was um uh it was nice to have uh I suppose a um, you know it was, it was during lockdown as well. So there was there's a lot more um free time on past leaves and reason reasons to stay indoors. So it does one good thing to come out of it.
0: So should we talk a little bit about the about I guess what I would say is one of the one of the reasons to buy the book is um that the you know the Red Hot Chili Peppers were banned. For, uh, formed in 1983, etc., etc., etc. Ah, yes. Okay, I see where you're going now. So, mm. w- when did that? When did this little uh, bit of information come to you that actually, in 1982, there's there's historical record of is it two gigs in 82?
1: Yeah, yeah. One on uh, December, very late uh, uh, 1982, but December 16 and December 30. Um, uh, you know, for for all these years, we thought that their their first gig was um, probably February, because that's, that's when um, the band seemed to think it was, and that's when uh, it, it had been put in, you know, a few books, and Anthony wrote in Scar Tissue that it was February and, and things like that, and uh, it just, you know, that kind of made sense timeline wise. Uh, but I. Uh, emailed uh, a guy named Salomon who used to run the, the club that the band played at for the very first time. And I, I asked him if he had any memories and he pretty uh, uh, freely just responded like, oh, yeah, yeah, that was on December 16, 1982, and here's a flyer. And then he put in, you know, big, bold, all caps, do not show this information to anyone. <laughs> um so it's kind of hard to
2: do not put it in a to, book. Uh,
1: from there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've, I've gotten permission to do that bit. Uh, th- this was in uh, I think May of 2019, so I've kind of had this under my uh, hat for a while. I've known I've about it for a while, uh, but it was kind of you know, waiting for the book to come out and, and all the anniversaries to for it to you know uh, unleash on the on the world. But um, yeah, the, 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 that was com- complete shock to me that it was it wasn't February. 1983 it wasn't January it was it was the December beforehand it's really every you know everything that says that the band formed in 83 it actually should say 82 which you know f- to some people it doesn't matter but for people like me yeah it's major it, uh, matters a whole well lot. it matters a lot to me as well because
0: I'm gonna have to go back through all the podcasts and every time we say they were formed in 1983 I'm gonna have to just do a quick overdub the Red Hot Chili Peppers were a band formed in 1982 uh, man you've got a lot more overdubbing to do than just that
1: that's just that's just a start
0: that's just getting rid of that bit of-
1: <laughs> Yeah, I was uh, curious if, if how much of, of uh, how many waves it would make on the uh, on the scene in the, you know in the, in the fandom but people don't really seem to appreciate it I, I, I feel like I kind of Went went down without a you know yeah. without much of a ripple. Maybe that
0: was, yeah. no, was seismic news yeah. over here at University. Speaking the Red Hot Chili Peppers podcast.
2: Yeah, what what I felt I mean, I know there's a lot of water that's passed under the bridge. Oh, since, very good. You, you. Yes. Since then. <laughs> uh, um, oh, well done. But it, I could have. December, I mean, maybe it's just me, but December is a time when you know there's a big event going on. Mm-hmm. Christmas. Yes. It's, I, I would have thought that they would bit, have remembered playing shows in December, pre-Christmas. Yeah. No, it just seems weird to me that they've. Yeah,
1: yeah. It, I, I don't understand it myself. But then I, again, I, I went back to the whole uh, how you know if someone asked me what what date something happened, I would would give a wild guess. But um, the, the the earliest uh, in the press. Uh, uh, Book for the band's first album. So this is in August of 1984. It says that the first gig was February 1983. So it's already by then they, they yeah, had no straight, idea right. when it was. And that is amazing, really. Yeah, but you know that that's the thing that memories are, are always going to be uh, faulty, but uh, newspapers don't change over time and um, skip never lies. You know, all those shows were were put into yeah, yeah, and it was put into a newspaper, and we can look at the scans these days and there it is the
2: date if nothing else the, the, you know that is a major a major fact that was previously unknown
1: yeah uh, i'd like to to uh, maybe when the when the book is properly out actually go to the to the wikipedia page and other places and try and change it but i have a feeling i will um you know get a bit of uh push from that but you know we'll see how no, you you, you can like, rewrite history
0: friends. hamish you are rewriting the, the commonly accepted <laughs> history of the Red Hot Chili Peppers. That's a massive thing because we are talking about one of the biggest bands in the world. Yeah. And we are talking about a, a fact that people have not acknowledged up until this point, even from 1980, mm. that, that press release to say in 1984.
2: Well, you described it as one of the biggest yeah, scoops yeah, ever. Yeah. Yeah. I
0: did, and I stand by that. So, it's one so, of the biggest you know, scoops this ever. Needs
2: to be, this needs to be correct. Hmm. Well, it is correct. Well, yes, it needs to be Corrected. commonly accepted as the correct information.
0: I agree. I agree. Yeah. So you've mentioned a little while ago. You mentioned um, the live archive, uh, Lenny's uh, website. <laughs> so where where were you? Who was who was part of this journey for you and gathering information? The only people that you want to kind of, kind of name check and say a, a thank you to.
1: Oh well, I mean, anyway, Lenny was. Uh, my, you know, he basically co-wrote the book. Uh, every, you know, every discovery I made was, you know, went through him first. Um, and he, yeah, was you know, a, a great help. Uh, and there are a few people who came before him who did like the the, the previous archive websites where that one, you know, that I mentioned earlier, the side. Um, and there's another guy named Renee who I think I think he's a Dutch gentleman uh, who has has done a lot of very similar work than, to, to what I've done, but focusing on the early years. But, yeah, yeah I couldn't, couldn't have done any of this without uh, Lenny and uh, another guy named Mark, uh, who you, you know as Mark well. Mark Winshaw. My name is Marbell oh. on, on Twitter. Yeah, Mark Winshaw. Yeah. Marbell Snack. Um, they're, you know, yeah, they're the, uh, the people that make me feel a little less insane every time <laughs> I'm, like, figuring out if, if a show took place on a Wednesday or a Thursday, that, that kind of ridiculous uh minutiae but you know as long as i'm not alone there are other people that are out there that, that feel the same way it's yeah it's it's um, it's good to have that little support network yeah
2: because i guess that you've got that's a lot of self-discipline because you could you know a show that took place on a wednesday or a thursday no one's going to really know if you say it was on a wednesday mm. the people who read the book are going to go oh yeah it was on a Wednesday, but you've got to know within yourself yeah, yeah, yeah. that you are, you are you know, putting the right information into the history books. Because this, you know, th- these are now the history books.
1: Yeah, yeah. And one of my favourite uh, uh, real, like, you know, deep dive things was uh, the show that they played in Aspen uh, in, in October. Uh, I finally managed to discover the actual name of that club. Um, well, I, should, I should tell the story that they, um, you know, halfway thought you know, Ten months into the year, they just for some reason went and played what was supposed to be a uh, uh a residency at this club in Aspen. And they get up there and play two songs and get or maybe one song and get chased out of the club and just get told, you know, just leave. Or you know, in much unkinder words. And we kind of had an idea and uh, of when it took place, you know, at some point during the year. And there was uh the, the name of the club had been written down somewhere but made zero sense and had no no source whatsoever and so I uh, managed to find th- through Facebook groups uh, the guy that ran the club what it was called uh, and got I got deep into uh, Aspen and Colorado. Uh, Rivalries between clubs and real weird stuff that has absolutely nothing to do with the band except for that they played one show in in, in one month. Uh, But we weren't really sure when it was, only that we uh, knew that as they left, the first real snowstorm of the year arrived. So I went through uh, the 1984 or 1983, 84. I think it's the Colorado Climate Survey or something like that. Just this, you know, unreadable document. I found deep on the internet somewhere and saw that the, it was the week I mean, weekend of the, the 10th to the 13th and that's when the first frost hit so it must have been then and just you yeah, know that, that was maybe six months work all up just for that that little uh,
2: little nugget
0: i am gonna say to everybody who is listening to this podcast go and buy this book just for that level of research <laughs> that went into creating it that is yeah. incredible
2: yeah. Right, and that, that kind of level of information about the band because you know we followed the band for many years we, d- we didn't know any of this so it, it's it's, inc- it's yeah, incredible yeah, yeah. to to read just what went on yeah. in that year the year that as we've said formed the rest of their careers was the launch pad for what was to follow yeah but they went and played this they went to Aspen like you say for no particular reason went to Aspen and then uh, Aspen. Am I correct in saying that in the book you say that they've not not returned to Aspen?
1: Uh, yeah. Well, Flea, looking back on it in about like 1989 or something, he said that um, he, he recounted the story to a, uh, a newspaper and said like we, we we left and we'll never come back. And I'm pretty sure that they've never actually played in the town of Aspen yeah. since they played in you know Denver and other places in Colorado. Um, but yeah, left you know. In this, that's a pretty bad in, in, impression on them um, well i'm not surprised i like to
0: imagine they traveled yeah, up on yeah, a little yeah. uh, a little little child's motorbike <laughs> yes
2: uh, yeah well exactly i mean for people of a certain age aspen, aspen is, just means dumb and dumb is, is uh, yeah linked to, to the film oh, right, right, yeah, yeah yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> my hands yeah, are freezing
2: yeah. yeah yeah take my take my gloves. take the my spare pair of gloves and my hands are starting to get a bit sweaty <laughs>
0: Oh yeah, good stuff. Yeah. Right, should we uh, go into sponsorships here?
2: Oh, are you asking me a certain question? I'm
0: asking you. One, two, three, four. What, what you drinking? Go yeah. more than uh, enough uh, for woo. you. Go well. yeah. over and over again. Now, over and over again. It's What you drinking? So, Sam, I must
2: ask you here. What are you drinking? I am incredibly proud to announce. A new collaboration with a local brewery. Lovely. Tiny Rebel. Tiny Rebel. It's a beer called Club Tropica. It's a tropical IPA. Comes in at 5.5%. Now, I will just apply some to the mouth. Here we go. Mmm. An almost cloud-like mouthfeel. Cloud-like that is
0: what I would call a tropical IPA. And they are my own words. You can't just say a cloud like mouthfeel without uh, expanding on that. What does it mean? I don't know what it means. For- okay, thank you very much. So, uh, Hamish, tell us what you're drinking.
1: Um, well, first, I've got to say, lovely rendition. That's maybe my favourite song out of both of the two albums. Oh, okay, thank, thank you. That, that, that will lead
2: that. nicely. We'll, into- we'll
1: cross that
0: question off then. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> It's some form of uh, Australian rosé. I have no idea. The bottle's back in the fridge. It, it was one of the cheaper ones in Liquorland. But um, La- oh, hang on. on. There's a
0: shop in Australia called Liquorland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. It's, oh, it's maybe, the, uh, maybe they they could probably use a website, right? Oh yeah. L- www.liquorland.
1: <laughs> nu. Yeah,
2: LL. L. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, okay. It's attached to a supermarket chain. It's the. The cheaper one, not the, the cool craft one. It's, you know, but it's cheaper. It's, All of our off licenses annoying. have disappeared
0: now. Yeah. Unwinds, um, Threshers, uh, I can't think of any others. Unwind, odd Bins.
2: Odd Bins, yes. Well, I, I, as Hamish says, it was the supermarket. There's a song there, isn't it? Supermarket killed the. The off license store. Star. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's gonna gotta be. But yeah, you can't, there's no off licenses here anymore, sadly. I wouldn't try and open one because it would immediately close.
0: I formed quite a close uh, relationship with Brian who ran Unwinds in Hithe about 20 years ago.
2: Yes, you did. You kept him single-handedly kept (laughs) him afloat
0: afloat. as as an (laughs) 18-year-old avid beer drinker. (laughs) And now as a 45-year-old avid beer drinker, (laughs) I am drinking, yes, the Carling. Uh, It's straight up from the supermarket, Tesco's. You are a loyal, well, they're loyal to you, I should say. Well, I said to, um, to Tesco's, I've got this, I said to the checkout girl. Sure. I've got, the, I've got this uh, case, this crate, if you will, of 18 carling. <laughs> Canisters of carling. Mm. Will you let me take this home? She said, certainly, in exchange for a set amount of money. Which was? It was very expensive, actually. It was thirteen ninety nine Over Christmas, it was £10 for 18 with club card.
1: A case of of beer. So What's that? Is that twenty four, eighteen, eighteen? So There's well, not that's a true case. Pounds. Yeah. How much is that in Australian yeah. dollars? Sorry, I'm just getting a no, no. Go for it. How much? This, this is beer this, wins. It's no. all gone oh, well, content. Our,
2: our economy's gone gone down the pan, so it's probably close to a dollar to to the pound. I don't know though. What's what's uh, what's the Aussie dollar in relation to the American dollar?
1: Uh, I'm not sure, but a thirteen. Uh, Pounds is twenty two Australian dollars, and the idea of buying a case for twenty two Australian dollars is incredible, just mind blowing. It's it's at minimum double that here, but we have horrible. uh, All the alcohol gets taxed. Beers, beers,
0: double that.
1: Yeah, if you want to, you know, the the cheapest case you'll get it was maybe like forty. I can sustain
0: my lifestyle. Well,
1: yeah, extremely expensive.
0: And, you, as, and as I said, over Christmas, it was 18 cans of Carling for £10 mm. if you used a Tesco's
2: club card. Well, and if you're, if you're sponsored, be. of course. And of course, we're sponsored it's by, by Carling. Yeah. Yeah. Just a very quick question then surrounding BrewDog, because I know that at one point you told me that Punk IPA was available in mm. Sydney. Yeah, yeah. I think, Do they make it here or do they make
1: it in England? I can't.
2: I don't know. It's originally a, a company based in Scotland, so whether they brew it up there and then ship it, I don't know. But in this country, beers like, like uh, Brewdog and you know the other sort of microbreweries are, are way more expensive. So if if um, mass-produced lagers are really expensive, I'd rather to think how much craft lager craft, you know, something like a, a punk IPA would be.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, I, I will, you, you, you will not be surprised to pay say like 15 australian dollars for a a, a pint of ipa what Which, hang know. on how much is so, that in pounds mm-hmm. I'll, I'll i'll read the website and i'll do that uh
0: yeah well w- welcome to pounds to australian dollars conversion website <laughs> eight, eight pounds fifty. <laughs> okay yeah. so that's, that's, that's crazy that's
2: beyond london prices well we no that's worse we we were complaining for the rest of the year, when we were in London in the summer, paying seven pound fifty a pint.
0: Yeah, but that was yeah, that, yeah. that was for that was for a lager. Yeah. So. yeah, no, we weren't paying seven yeah.
2: fifty a pint in in the pubs. No, and no, it shows. It, it shows, shows, yeah, but it shows. So it, so it shows you must be paying even more.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's you know, it's uh, it's not lucrative to to drink here. Well, it's not lucrative, no, right. not lucrative to drink anywhere, I guess. But you know, it's even worse,
2: yeah. Awesome. It's one of the godsend of the podcast, really, being sponsored so heavily. So heavily by sponsored. wonderful company, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, I yeah. must
0: take this carling to the mouth.
2: Yeah, apply some to the mouth and talk to me about the mouthfeel. I will. There it goes. It's is first time with uh, this particular
0: lager. First time with this particular company.
2: Cloudy. Cloudy, yeah. cloudy.
0: And yes. I've also got this little beauty. Ah, now, chub- I love
2: it when you describe the mouthfeel a of ch- a lollipop.
0: Well, it's a chubbard Chups, but this one's different. It's a sugar-free Chubba Chups. Ooh. That's my new's resolution. Oh, no. Only sugar-free lollipops. Okay. Will
2: it change the mouthfeel? Round and half. <laughs> 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 Great. But uh, it never fails to t- t- No, that, t- tickle, t- 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 that always t- gets me going. <laughs>
0: yeah. Right, then, are we going to go out of this particular section into the next one? Mm. Okay, one, two... Three, four. What, what you drinking? Go! More what? than what? enough, while you will! Yeah. Over and over yeah. and over yeah. again Club now! Club over calling. and over and over again, my what, what you drinking? One of the things I loved about the book, Hamish, was the format. Once you get past that beautiful prologue, it's listing each gig, where it was, when it happened, who was there, the experience of those people uh, around... Was that always part of the the format of the book? Was that part of your original research to to do it in in that
1: run through that year? It, it, it was, yeah. Uh, the the if, if, if the book was about uh, say like uh, from you know from eighty three to ninety one or something, it would, there would be obviously far too many gigs to to do that. But the fact that it's just set in one year, uh, it, it makes it a a kind of convenient way to set chapters in that sense. Uh, and also the the recording session of the demo, um, yeah. So, but you know, if I if I do what I, I you know, I'm thinking about doing about the to, uh, the the band in the nineties, it, it'll be far less, you know, uh, split up like that. Um, but yeah, it's it's, it's oh, it's uh, that way you're really with them, you know. It's it's kind of. Um, it feels like you, you kind of go to each gig with them when you kind of when you split it up like that. And, and, and I think that uh, short chapters also make you read more, which I think is a psychological thing, which um, might be helpful for people. <laughs> you never get bored with short chapters. Yeah. Yeah.
0: No, I think what you've done is like the Dan Brown style of, uh, of writing, where yeah, yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: each chapter is like a little cliffhanger and you wait waiting to hear what the, what the, next, the next gig is. It's a, it's a superb yeah. format. I think exactly the best way. You've you just described it the best possible way. You feel like you're on the journey with the band. More mm. than that, I think what we said was you feel like you're in, at each gig in front front and centre. I think mm. is the words for you, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, that's right. And it, and it does. It makes you feel like part of the scene, and t- it enables you to to get into almost the like Anthony and Flee's psyche at that time, which was. Well, and the band themselves, but particularly them, you know, no fear.
1: No, there was some fear, remember Flea was in the band. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah yes, thank you very much. Um, but total, <laughs> total belief in what they were doing and, and, you know, pushing people and not being afraid to, to you know, to say, here, this is what we've got, listen to this. They, they, mm. it, it gives you, for, certainly for me, a, a, an insight into that year that I've never um, had before. I've always kind of felt... Sort of slightly unfairly, maybe on on behalf of the Swan, that he was kind of lucky to, to 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 sort of hang around with musicians and sort of fell into the band. But having read the book, you yeah, really yeah. get the sense that he once he was part of the band, and 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 he you know he was such an important part of the band. It was there was no luck involved on his behalf, really. Once once the band started playing shows, he he was mm. he was absolutely Part of what happened and, and made it happen the way that it did, so well
1: there's an
0: energy to the guy,
1: yeah, and he's a lot more uh, uh you know it helps these you know young handsome you know buff lead singer looking guy but he he was a lot more uh, talented in the, in the early days and than he gets given credit for before he d- developed into the uh the singer and the um you know the 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 alternative rock uh, front man, you know, he, he, he had a new, unique sound and uh, it's not easy. Like if you, you, you get up and jump in, in particular, like I, I can't, mm. you know, it's a goofy song, but I mean, I love it, but it's a goofy, but it's, it's not, it's not easy to get up on stage and do that.
2: No, that's right. Yeah. And, 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 and his sound is very much part of what makes that song so unique. Yeah, you know, yeah. Not, he, the band in general. Yeah. yeah the band in general um certainly, but he and I, I just speaking on a personal I, as we all know i love I love this one, but he, he mm. you know he, he as you say, he was much more talented and and had a unique uh sound which made which added which added to the overall sound of the band you know more so than i think a lot of people yeah. realize
1: and, and if I can th- do one thing out of this book uh, uh It's to, uh, make someone who might only listen to the the, majority of of their listening is like the John era onwards. Um, the, you know, the original demo for out in LA or green heaven, they're like possibly my my actual favorite songs that the band ever did. And even those performances, the demo version, it's not the, not the album versions. Mm. The album's great, but the the demo blows it out of the water, you know, nine times out of 10, uh, You know, Green Heaven in particular. Actually, sorry, both songs in particular. They're both just just perfect, and a lot of that is to do with Anthony. And uh, you know, but it just so happens that he has three of the best musicians in the in the town behind him. So it was lucky, but it wasn't you know purely the other the other members that were making it happen.
2: Yes, they, they 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 struck at the right time but they were something completely new, you know com- new fresh their energy was just unbelievable uh, and mm. yeah the book is just an amazing way to learn and appreciate and feel what it must have been like in, in throughout that year it's it's um mm. yeah it's amazing it, it, i would strongly recommend that anyone listening to this just go and buy the book
0: i'll also i'll also say and I think I touched upon this earlier that I don't think it's just a book for Red Hot Chili Peppers fans. I think it's also a book for music fans in general. Mm. I would, I'm would i not the world's biggest Judas Priest fan.
2: <laughs> okay.
0: okay. But if you had a book that, that took you on that journey for the first year of Judas Priest, I'd be interested in reading it because I like understanding the journey that the musicians take to get to where they are now. Yeah, The stars have to align. Which, mm. they, which they clearly did with, with the chilies. but you have, to, you have to work like I said earlier, you've got to work, you, you've, got, you've got to hustle you've got to keep trying even when there's not that many people turning up to your shows and you're not being paid yeah. and uh, it, it, there's only mm. one way to succeed in the music business and I, spe- <laughs> 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 I speak I speak to someone with no, <laughs> <experience>, <laughs> with no experience at all but I will say this confidently.
2: <laughs> yes, please do. There's
0: only one way to succeed in the music business and that's hard work.
2: Yeah. Well, yes, exactly. Very true. And but can I just say that one of the things that you touched upon earlier, Hamish, is that this the year nineteen eighty three sort of set the template for, for the years that were to come in terms of the setbacks that the band experienced.
0: Mm. As well. So mm. it
2: wasn't all plain sailing. you know, the the stars did align, yes, but also they had they they overcame some some obstacles that would have finished off a a lesser band before they'd even begun yeah yeah
1: and really the the best thing that ever happened to them was uh, Hillel and Jack leaving because you know it it brought two two other great musicians into the into the fold and even if they didn't quite get along with Jack Sherman uh you know it it made them then get much more excited when Hillel came back a year later and you know, Cliff Martinez is, is one of the greatest drummers of all time, and it, it got them, it got Charlie and Anthony, very used to the idea that if uh, a just because a member leaves, or two, doesn't mean they have to stop, and that the, yeah. the band, uh, you know, yeah, and, and that's why we have, uh, uh, you know, I've, I've got my my Apple Music open for the next segment, and right, I can see uh, the debut album is sitting right next to the Return of the Dream Canteen. Two completely different bands essentially and the reason we have that uh, you know 30 something years apart is because that that first year happened the exact way it did if, if, if they had you know released their debut album with uh, Hillel and Flea uh, Hillel and Jack they might have just you know released one or two albums and then just faded into obscurity but they didn't and here we are you know two guys in in England and a guy in Australia talking about it over the internet 40 years later.
0: Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, incredible. Before we move on to the next section, I do just need to say that I myself am thinking of writing a book.
2: Oh, are you? I thought you were going to say something else.
0: No, it's called How to Succeed in the Music Industry. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Excellent. Would you like me to... I can contribute. Of course. What do you know about the music industry?
2: Well, I know that um, the one thing you need is a solid work ethic. Uh, hard work. Hard work. Stars have to align. Stars, yeah. So I didn't realise that the music industry was so intrinsically linked with astronomy. No,
0: it, well, it is. Stars yeah. align, hard work and hustle.
2: <laughs> hustle. Okay, yeah. great. Well, I'll turn up with a copy of the, the film The Hustler on DVD.
1: What's the difference between hard work and hustle?
2: Um, it, uh, one's, one's a little
0: bit more kind of street. Gritty. Yeah. yeah. Hustle. You're out there, you're hustling. Ah, right, right, right. If you're just working hard, you're, you're taking your tape.
2: You know, you're taking your tapes in. They say no, but the next day you, you come. You hustle back. out. You hustle back in the next yeah, day.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, right, 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 I'll Too go into working. more. I'll go into more detail in the book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. About the difference between hard work and hustle. Well, no actually <laughs> chapter one, hustle. Chapter two, hard work. Chapter three, to the difference. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Right. So next segment of the show is. Uh, Hamish 's thoughts on the new music and the year that we 've just had we 've had an amazing year ourselves last year we have well going to the gigs uh, manchester amazing uh, meeting people at the pub before going down what a the golden circle what a gig it was all incredible and then obviously the meet up in in london
2: uh, yeah well awesome uh, yeah exactly, and that was our leg of the tour and now in January 23, they're about to embark on the Australian, the Australian New okay. leg. Yeah. So, So um, Hamish, you've got it all to come. I think first question then,
0: first question is what are you hoping... We'll talk about what your top five tracks are from each album, but also we're going to ask you what, you, what you're hoping to see live, which there might be some crossover there, so should we go for top five tracks from each album first?
2: Yeah, I, I do just think it's worth touching upon the, the fact that they are now going to be playing more... Uh, Return of the Dream Canteen song, so there is the possibility, that, yeah, yeah, that your your sets are going to differ quite substantially from the ones we saw.
0: Yeah, but we'll cycle back into that in June, uh, July. Write it
2: down because, like Hamish said, it's impossible to remember anything. So, <laughs> where did I write it? Well, let's just say June or July. Well, it's the twenty-first of either June or July. Yeah, the twenty-first of June or July. Yeah. I did write it down, but it's gone.
0: So, first off then, Hamish, two albums. They'll say they're two double albums. They're not. They're just two albums.
2: Hmm. Oh, okay. It's controversial.
0: Not really. No, okay. I don't know. Is it controversial? No.
1: Okay. No, so fleek of calling them double albums on, on social media, but... Well, no um, one's ever called Blood Sugar a right? double album, ever. No, exactly. That's what I said.
2: Yeah, yeah. Blood yeah. Sugar's an yeah. album.
1: <laughs> Okay. He's so ca- in the past. Right. can we
0: get your can we get your top five tracks from Unlimited Love?
1: Um, that would be uh, in well, I guess sequential order, just going down the track list. So it's so a top. You know, this isn't a uh, you know not ranked like this, but probably uh, Aquatic Mouth Dance, uh, She's a Lover, These Are the Ways, What You Thinking, and, and White Braids and Pillow.
0: Aquatic Mouth Dance. What's the next one? She's a lover. lover. Yeah. These are the ways. Yeah.
2: Good. Well, you'll be pleased to know that you'll definitely hear that.
0: Yeah.
1: And And White white Brace and Pillager.
2: Okay.
0: Aquatic Mouth Dance is a left field choice for me, of course. (laughs) It's all personal.
2: I've just got two things to say to you And they're both song titles. (laughs) It's Only Natural and The Heavy Wing.
1: Yeah. Talk to me. Uh, Well, all right. Uh, It's Only Natural, I think, is uh, a fantastic verse that gets completely derailed by a really dull chorus. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. Totally fair enough. And The Heavy Wing, I love. And Let them Cry, I love. I just. I'd already said five songs by the time I got there, so <laughs> in the top seven <laughs> of oh, as well. Oh, okay, that's the, fair enough. The one
0: that's put itself into position A for me, after, a, after all this time, is Bastards Alight.
2: Ah, oh, brilliant. Well You like it now? I love it. Oh.
0: You know I struggled with that just because it says bastards in the title. I know, I know, yeah. But, uh, and they keep saying bastards, which but I still do, think is weird. You, uh, yeah,
2: I think that's fine. It's only a word.
0: I think it's a superb song. It's brilliant. So, a, a cracking five there for Unlimited Love. Let's uh, talk about Return of Dream Canteen or Rot DC. I,
1: I had uh, trouble, to be honest with you, with uh, Dream Canteen. It, I, you know, you know when you you want to like something, so you keep listening to it and trying to like it, and it, it, it kind of it feels like after a while it feels like you're forcing yourself to like it. But there are so many songs uh, on that album that I just. I don't think i are ever going to hit my uh, top 100 Chili Peppers, even top 10. But uh, if I had to pick my favourites from the album, it would be Bella, um, Roulette, uh, Carry Me Home. And then if I'm going to be controversial, it'd be In the Snow and La 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 La.
0: I don't think that's too controversial, actually.
2: I think In the Snow oh, is quite yeah. controversial.
0: I I really like
2: in the snow. I do. I said that in the last episode. I I I really like la 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 la
0: la la (laughs) la. I do as well. Was that eight?
2: Bella Um, roulette is a is a yeah. I think Roulette's, Yeah. Uh, I mean, I do agree with you that um, I I stuck with it for you know solid. My approach is just to listen to nothing else at all in the car to or from work. Mm. After eight weeks, I popped Unlimited Love back on and it's so much better. It's so
1: much better, yeah, yeah. I felt uh, kind of worried to mention it publicly, but oh, yeah. to me there's, there's one very good album and one, like, okay album. And, thing, and uh, you know, it's all, it's all personal opinion and everything, but things like, like Fake As Fuck, and even the drummer, I just cannot stand it. It just yeah. feels very... Uh, sometimes the band writes songs that uh, are like... They are writing a Red Hot Chili Peppers song. Yeah. And and there's a, this, the, album, this album's full of them.
2: Yeah, and I mean, I go back to my... Uh, my my previous argument, which I've put to Ben a lot, which is: Would you rather that you, they hadn't released it, or would you rather that it was there, you were able to sample it
1: and then leave it alone? Exactly. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The,
1: there's the, the, it's never a bad thing that they put anything out. No. Um, yeah. So yeah. So I, I'm I'm so glad that it exists, and um, you know, it's it's almost confirmed at this point. There's going to be a third album at some point this year. So hopefully. That's full of, you know, interesting and amazing songs as well. I also really like my cigarette. I should say that too. Did I say that? Are, no, you, tra- you, are you trying to
0: set
2: the internet on fire, Hamish? <laughs> you know I can. but I like I like some aspects of my cigarette. I mean, they are the probably the three most experimental tracks, aren't they? My well, cigarette, as we said on the podcast, la la, and
0: it, in the snow. It's the one that I learnt the chorus to fastest.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah very true but I think Carry Me Home is, is, is seriously good so you know yes yeah, 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 yeah. it
0: is it's great and as, as we all know I was waiting for some John Frusciante note placement in his solos
2: oh, I mean that's that's made me hit the table I'm so angry you're furious what's up <laughs> the, the solos on this album at least on Unlimited Love there's some proper defined solo work Main, well, mainly Black Summer no no there's more there's more there is
0: you, you can scroll through uh, Return of the Dream Canteen DC, as much as you yeah. like, but that won't help. No,
2: them. She's a Lover's got a great solo. Okay, there, okay. Yeah. If you if you go through Unlimited Love, there's there's way more good good solo work than yeah. than, than than on Rock DC. I mean, look, we don't want to we don't want to get too downbeat on Rock DC, do we? But well, you know, I like Rock DC. Yeah, I, I just pray to God, Hamish, that they don't play too many Return of the Dream Canteen songs when you go and see them, then. I mean, that would be a disaster. Ah, You're going to get, right. you get no, okay. I've
1: seen them twice. I'll, uh, I'll get both set lists. But when when you jump. scroll uh,
0: through Return of the Dream Canteen, there's not a lot of songs there that, that stand out as live experiences. I was thinking, would you play potentially Carry Me Home, which is that kind of rock blues kind of sound, but is that a sweet. stadium rock song? Tipper, maybe? I mean, are they
2: going to play Tipper? Yeah, maybe Tipper. Obviously, they've they had three
1: months to play it
2: beforehand.
0: Yeah, and never yeah that's true. Never bothered no.
2: So, Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Okay, so let's, let's get right down to business then. Oh, crumbs. That, you've really gone loud now. It's, and ask you. For, no, no, do. I'm worried now that all the rest of the things you've said I your, haven't picked up. Well, that's ne- never a bad thing. Your favourite song from the two albums? Oh,
1: um, I think I might have uh, slipped this through already, but, uh, I think it's probably what you're thinking. Weirdly enough, that's, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. actually not weirdly enough. It's a good song. I'm, I'm yeah, yeah, you not, know, no, uh, it's catchy. It's inventive, good, good, good. Uh, um, you know, everyone plays wonderfully. Uh, I, th- this band, it's like they, they, uh, got cursed by a witch or something 40 years ago and they, they're not allowed to put out good sing- singles anymore. They just, they just, they pick. Very strange cho- choices for uh for their singles and I think what She's thinking could have been a really good one, hmm. but yeah. uh, it doesn't matter as long as we've got it.
2: I have just got one more question, Hamish, concerning these two albums. I think I know the answer, hmm. but you, you, you know you do never know. Let's talk
1: artwork. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Favourite artwork:
1: I reckon they should have gone with the uh you know the amoeba uh, edition of Unlimited Love. Where it's them like kind of walking across past the the uh what it, you know the, the sculpture or whatever it is whatever, yes. whatever you want to call it the light the light uh that i think that should have been the, the main um oh really cover for the for the uh yeah it looks it's it's fine. it kind of invokes abbey road and uh more interesting looking i guess it's darker so it wouldn't have shown up as well on um okay so the store and everything but um yeah but if we if we might, if we do press you which
0: we will of the two released versions, which do you prefer? And there is, there is a correct oh, answer. Uh, uh,
1: probably Unlimited Love, sorry. Okay. If, uh, unless I'm right, in which case I'm not sorry. No, you're correct.
0: So I think as we wrap things up here in the garage mm.
1: and in Australia, of course,
2: are you, are you in a, a study of sorts?
1: Uh, this is my, uh, my, my home office, basically. and yeah. When I work from home, I... Looks from here. Yeah. It we looks were,
0: lovely. We were just saying, love the backdrop. What a tremendous uh, set of bookshelves and books that you have. Oh, <laughs> yeah.
2: We're yeah, in Sam's thanks. garage. Yeah, and his, his mud- cool a yeah,
0: look, pro- We're looking at Sam's muddy
1: wellies. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah. What happened to the, the big tablecloth thing you guys had? It's over what there.
2: Oh, can we twist oh, yeah. it? No, we won't twist no, we it. Can't I'll, twist I'll it. say, I'll say, I'll say it? to
0: Hamish what happened earlier. Okay, go on then. I said, Sam, I don't want these shelves to be our defiling Listen. feature. Mm. Let's get the tablecloth off the garage door. Sam said, no, it will mean taking the magnets off and unfolding it, and he refused to.
2: I'm sorry, Hamish.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's a behind-the-scenes uh, drama. I, yeah, I, mean, I, right. I just wanted it's to okay. show
2: you my Wellingtons. <laughs> They're, they're, they're beautiful. They're the best I've seen all day. right, oh, let's
0: see. As we do actually wrap up this episode of University Speaking, the Red Hot Chili Peppers podcast, we must say a huge thank you to Hamish Duncan from com, author of the fantastic book, Out in LA, The Red Hot Chili Peppers in 1983. Go buy it. Yeah, absolutely go buy it. It's, a, as I said, Masterpiece is oft overused, but not this time. Sam, we need to go to socials. Oh, we, yes. a, we haven't
2: even got a song to sing yet. Thank you, Hamish. I would just like to say my own personal thank you to Hamish. Right. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on. Great book. Thank you, Bert. I hope, I hope it goes well. I'm sure it will. Hey, just the fact that the
1: doubt is, is, is good for me. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> excellent.
0: Well, we, we know for a fact that a Certain number of copies have been sold, yes, by the, the number of copies we've bought and other people that we know have bought.
2: <laughs> well, I think, I think that's oh, great. a, a, a <laughs> level of endorsement that we read the book and then bought it as well, yeah. That's yeah.
1: And if I'm ever in uh, uh is it Southampton, is that where you yeah, yeah. yeah, I'll come by and sign them, yeah. Oh, absolutely, well, well we be... might
0: mail them over to you and you can mail them back, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I mean. Uh, that might be cheaper at this point come to, because.
2: S- yeah, come, come to Southampton because then we can go and have a you know we can go and have a beer we can all take our books yeah it'll be wonderful
0: yeah my book will be out by then can't remember what it's called what's it called uh, Succeeding in the Music Industry Succeeding in the Music <laughs> Industry yeah by then,
1: Townsend
0: alrighty then let me find uh, this is a classic podcast situation where I haven't oh they're there got the socials right if you'd like to contact us to become an ambassador Mr. Hamish Duncan, sir, you are an ambassador yourself, aren't you?
1: Yes, although I need a pin. Oh, you never sent you one. Pins, never sent you one. Well, you didn't get a pin? Nah, no, but that's okay.
2: It's- I'm sure I've already given Ben the money for it. Is it? Hang on, what's going on? Look, you pay for absolute. No, no. No. I- I will send- I- Send, yeah, me, yeah. send me your email address, Hamish. I'll take care of it personally. We're going to email him a
0: pin badge. <laughs> okay. Hamish, send me your actual <laughs> oh, message. Send, send me your actual me address, address. And I'll do what I always do and actually send, send the real things That's out.
2: making out like he does all the donkey work.
0: <laughs> okay, so Ben Townsend, music at hotmail.com, Email in, become an ambassador.
2: Be part of this podcast. Please do. Buy the book. But yeah, buy the book. In fact, if you listen to this and don't buy the book, don't bother coming back. No, I won't go that
0: far. <laughs>
2: I, I, uh, I, I do come back. Do
0: come back. Just don't tell us you haven't bought the book. There. university. Oh, that's Reddit. Um, blah, blah, blah. Ah, on Twitter, I am at universityrhcp. Sam, on Twitter, you are?
2: at Stack at
0: On Insta, we are universallyspeakingrhcp Hamish, apart from rhcpsessions.com and the book out in LA, The Red Hot Chili Peppers in 1983... Do you have anything else that you wish to plug, sir? Uh,
1: no, no, I'm all good. Just uh, listen to uh, Out in LA and Green Heaven demo versions, if you haven't already, and I'll, I'll walk away a happy man. Not you two, I mean anyone listening, of course. Well, I listened to them just
2: yesterday, actually, which is uh, makes me feel very proud of myself and i know that you're now pleased with me which is fantastic right
0: we're, uh, we're going to wrap this uh, up this is becoming <laughs> this is becoming too much okay sam's trying to get on the hamish's good side <laughs> all right thank you very much hamish Here no, and uh yeah thank you everyone for listening no, thank you all never said that before <laughs> all right we'll see you next time on university speaking oh let's just do a big high screamer okay we've done that for a while Phone. Okay, hey, Mister, get your ears ready. We're going for one. We'll see you next time on University Speaking. The Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs>